everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and today's episode is a good one. My guest today is Christina Olivares. Christina is an award-winning social media strategist and the founder and CEO of The Social Butterfly Gal. Today, we're talking all things Instagram and Instagram strategy and Instagram algorithm. So if you've been feeling like Instagram has been changing up the game for you and you don't know what features to use or you don't know how much to post and you don't know how to grow and you're wondering if it's an obsolete platform to begin with, given that TikTok and Clubhouse and all these other things are on the rise, this is the episode for you. We're going to talk about how to use it and especially how to use it as a musician or as a music industry teacher or coach. So buckle up because we've got a great discussion for you. Before we dive in, I want to mention one thing, which is that we are extending the giveaway from last week into this week. So if you write a review for the Out to Be podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts on your favorite podcast app, and you screenshot that review and email it to outtobecoaching at gmail.com, you will be entered to win Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, which is a great book around branding. So if you haven't already submitted your review, go ahead and do that now and then screenshot it and email it to us at outtobecoaching at gmail.com. We're going to announce the winner next week and I'm really excited for one of you to win this book because it is a good one. We want more reviews. I know I said that we were probably going to only run that specific one for one week, but you know what? We want more reviews. And if you have been a listener of this podcast since it began or even just recently, please, it means so, so, so much for you to give us a five-star review and write a little short and sweet review about how much this podcast has meant to you. It helps us get this to more listeners and more ears, and it just helps us to build our credibility in the podcast algorithm and for anyone who is coming across the podcast. So just take 30 seconds now before we dive into the interview to write your review and email it over to us, and you'll be entered to win a book. All right, so without any further ado, I'm going to look for your email with your podcast review, and let's go ahead and dive into this episode with Christina. Hey, Christina, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to have you here today to talk all things Instagram strategy. Before we dive into that, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Of course. So I am Christina Giovanna Olivares. I am the founder and CEO of The Social Butterfly Gal, SBG for short. Um, I offer one-on-one Instagram strategy consulting and uh, speaking services. I also co-founded a women's entrepreneurship conference called Hustle and Socialize. It's based here in San Antonio, Um, but we have an audience of all across South Texas. And I'm a TEDx speaker, and really, I help people just gain the knowledge and skills and confidence to use Instagram strategically. As we all know, um, social media is so important, especially in the pandemic, what we're going through right now. And really, social media is that one platform where you're able to get your message across. So I help everyone go from A to Z and give them a blueprint to really have an impactful Instagram strategy. I love that. And I feel like Instagram itself is like five apps within one almost. Um, Oh my God, yes. I have so many questions for you, including how we consider our relationship with Instagram and other apps as they're popping up. But before we get there, let's focus on Instagram itself. So my first question for you is really, For someone who is using the app or wants to use the app a little bit more to, you know, really connect with their audience and gain a bigger audience, they might look at the features and be like, okay, I don't even know which ones I should be focusing on because there's live, there's IGTV, there's the regular posts, there's reels, there's stories. Now there's like the shopping on it. And where do I start? Like, how do I figure out how to balance these things and do I need to use every single one of the features to be successful on Instagram? Great question. And you have to see the, there's five different functions of Instagram and you have to see every single function as 
uh, an avenue to reach the exact goal that you're wanting to accomplish with your audience. So maybe your Instagram stories is more of that behind the scenes look. I usually kind of tell clients that in your Instagram stories, that's where people who follow you are going to see a little behind the scenes of what you're working on or your day-to-day -day life. You have to remember that with Instagram stories, um, it, it doesn't have the explore tab. So it's really if you're following that person or if you're kind of stalking and kind of seeing what this person's about. Um, but when you think about like where exactly to begin, the first thing that Instagram is prioritizing right now is Instagram reels. And so that is sort of their version of a TikTok, if right. you want to call it that way. Um, but it's a, it's a cool way to educate your audience, to entertain your audience, to inspire your audience audience and you do it in 15 to 30 seconds. And so I feel like definitely right now, because the algorithm is prioritizing the Instagram reels, the best place to start with is to kind of see what is being posted on there and see how you can really educate your audience. When it comes to the feed, I always say that that's your evergreen area. The feed is going to be your best pieces of content that you know your audience or whoever's discovering you could come back to. And I kind of feel like it's a mini blog or a mini website. Um, so they're not going directly to your website, but your feed would have those avenues. So ultimately, where you want to start is meeting your audience where they are at. So if you know your audience is enjoying the reels, if they know, if you know that they're enjoying video, definitely kind of go through there. But don't feel scared to do these things because you don't Yes, it's great to show your face and you want people connect with people and you want them to show, you want to be seen, but you can create different types of reels that have nothing to do with showing your face. So I mm -hmm. definitely feel like you want to just meet your audience where you're at. And that's really studying and serving your audience and figuring out like what types of content are they really wanting from you? Yeah. So I want to ask you about growth strategies, but I also know that in order to grow, or even if we are growing, if people come to our profile and our profile itself is not looking really optimized and active, they're not going to stay, they're not going to stick around, or they're not going to end up engaging with you. So before we go there, I really want to kind of dive deep into how we should make sure we are presenting and showing up consistently. So if someone comes to our page, they're going to see our profile picture, our bio, our highlights, and our feed post to start with. So walking through all those things, what tips do you have for optimizing that sort of first glance that people get at our profile? So the first thing is in your, uh, in your bio, there is the name. And the cool part about that is that it is searchable. So if you are a musician, for example, and you are, I'm going to use Austin, Texas. Um, and if you, if you are in that location, you would put your name Austin musician. Um, and so really kind of tailor, tailorize it. And then whenever you want to, um, in the next step in your bio, you want to have sort of that pitch of who you actually serve and, and the audience or what exactly do you do? So are you a musician that's maybe um, looking for X, Y, Z? You would have that in your bio. So making sure that it is tailored to your audience, making sure that you do have a call to action. Um, there there is the the bio where you do have that one link or you could use third-party tools that allow you to have multiple links. Um, but it's making sure that you have that call to action. And then your highlights have to be very strategic in a way that sort of tells that story of who you are. So maybe in your highlight, you have a start here where you give sort of a spiel of, who you are as a, as a musician or who you are in terms of where you got started in your journey. Maybe you have a highlight of all the different places that you've played at um, to give your audience that who, what, when, where, why type feel in the bio. Because immediately, as soon as they click that bio, they're gonna wanna know who you are and if you are sort of worthy of that follow. And then definitely Instagram is such a visual platform. Um, that's really ultimately what it what it is about. And so you wanna be sure that that first like nine, first, you know, that top feed post 
really are branded, are very cohesive, not all over the place. And those are, you could easily create graphics off of Canva. You can easily um, have branded photos, but just make sure that everything has an ebb and a flow so that people can say like, you know what? I am super interested in wanting to follow this person. Um, and I think that having those key pieces is definitely something to get started with. Now, something that came up when you were talking about the bio and the highlights especially was sort of positioning your authority right within your Instagram profile. So like I see musicians especially posting in their bios or just things that are sort of like music maker and, you know, like cookie lover. Like I made that up obviously, but something that's kind of just like silly and more fun. Mm -hmm. And while that can be, Sure, engaging for people who also love cookies, like, it's not really specific enough and it doesn't really tell people, like, exactly who you are and what you do and exactly how you are an authority in your market. And it might sound silly, but as a musician, and yes, of course, teacher and coach, but those are a little bit more obvious sometimes because with a teacher or a coach, you might have a more obvious, like, I help statement. Like, you know, I help uh, millennial women learn guitar and or like master guitar or something like that whereas as a musician you're like I don't have an I help I'm not helping someone I'm just showing up as an artist but you still right. have to have that authority built in so that people don't look at you as someone who's just doing music for fun or performing but instead they can get a really clear for like who you are what your genre is you know where you live uh like Christina said and anything else that's relevant, like if you're on tour or if you have a Patreon, including that in your bio so people know how to connect with you and support you and they can see that you're actually doing things as a professional musician. Would you say that's accurate? And do you have any other tips for creating authority on our profile? Yeah, that's extremely ac accurate. I would definitely say like the highlight is going to be the clear place where you are going to establish those authorities. So maybe you have some accolades or awards that you've won and you've had that in your stories. You can easily create that highlight. And that way people, when they come onto your page, they'll know like, hey, this person, um, this musician, or even as a as teacher or coach, you know, maybe they won a specific award and they have that in their highlight and you're able to sort of get to know them a little bit better. And then maybe for that fluff and the fun stuff that's a little bit more personal, then you take that as a highlight as well and kind of describe a little of what you do sort of on your free time or the things that you may connect with on a personal level, but definitely like establishing that authority right off the bat. And you only have a specific amount of characters to do that. So you do have to be very clear and concise on who exactly you're targeting, especially, you know, with your location. If you are location specific, um, you want to be sure that you are putting in those keywords that allow you to reach the exact audience that you are wanting to reach. So definitely like have established that authority very, very early on in that bio. Now, there's like a post going around that's kind of like, okay, the new Instagram algorithm, you have to post on your stories, <laughs> you have to post 10 stories a day, and you have to post like three to four feed posts a day, I mean a week, and, um, you know, three to four reels a week, and one live slash IGTV. How accurate is that, and how much do we really need to be like sh stressing or not stressing about really keeping <laughs> up with those specific types of content and consistency? Oh my goodness, I've seen those posts go floated around. And when you really think about it, like no one in their time, no one in their right mind has the ability to create all that content. We do have to realize that Instagram wants you to stay on the app. They want you to be on it 24 seven, but that's not realistic. And so when you think about consistency, you have to think about what can I really, really do that is definitely how can I show up in my audience on a consistent basis? Maybe I'm showing up in my feed two to three times a week. Maybe I'm showing up in my stories by doing a poll or doing a, a quiz or doing a question sticker. Maybe I know I'm gonna show up once a week on live. And so it's really tailored to your goals of what you exactly wanna accomplish on social media. And the thing about to Instagram is with Reels, 
those live a little longer than the post in the feed, but there have been times where I've stepped away and hadn't really posted in a, in a week and I was still getting traction on my posts. So you do have to think about like, okay, what is the intention? Like, why am I using Instagram? Is it because I want people to go to my website? Is it because I want to connect and build a community? Because I think ultimately you just hear like, I want 10k followers or like even more followers, the followers don't exactly equal money. And so you have to think about, okay, even if I have a small community, even if I have um, X amount of followers, I know that my people are going to show up, they're going to share my posts, they're going to maybe interact in my live. And so you have to break it down in what exact KPIs that you are wanting to do. And th those are key performing indicators. So maybe that's like, I want people to go to my website. I want at least like five different people or X amount of people going to my website. And so with content, um, I think so many people get bogged down on like, oh my God, I have to create, I have to create, I have to create. And really it's like, if you have one good piece of content, you can find a way to have that one piece go into different avenues. So maybe it's like one topic that you're going to post on your feed. And then from your feed, you can take that into a reel and know how to maximize it. And I always use the Beyonce example because she did her Coachella performance, right? And from that one Coachella performance, she ended up creating a whole album from it. And then she ended up, you know, partnering with Netflix and did the whole entire Netflix special. And right there, that was just from one piece of content that she was able to maximize in three different avenues. So that's kind of like what you really want to think about your content is, okay, how, what is my goal of being, of creating content? Is it because I want people to thoroughly engage with it? Or is it because I feel like I have to do this? So really like everything starts from a goal. Such a good point. And I've had clients come to me and say, um, especially with like TikTok or I guess even Reels, but sort of being like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing that and I have to be doing this. And I don't know if the short form content really works for me. I feel like I prefer long form. And then of course there's people who are the opposite. They don't want to do like hour long podcasts or Instagram lives. They want to do a bunch of really quick hits and, and whatnot. And what I always tell my clients is you have to figure out what works for you. Most likely what works for you is also going to work with the people that you're attracting because the people you're going to attracting are going to be somewhat similar to you, right? Right. But I also did polls on my stories uh, not too long ago where I asked people like, hey, let's do a quick update. Let me know how you are showing up on socials. And I asked, um, you know, if they're watching, if they're reading long Instagram posts anymore, you know, and a lot of people said, actually, yeah, I am either yes or like, yes, when the mood is right. But not a lot of people said straight up no, which I found surprising, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I asked if they were watching Instagram lives and that was a little bit more iffy. Um, I asked if they were doing watching IGTVs and a lot of them said, um, usually the ones that are like under five minutes. So you want to get a feel. I'm not saying this is the, the results for everyone who's on Instagram. What I'm saying by this is that you need to ask your audience how they're consuming content. Because if I got that answer that I was, and I was doing lives every day that were an hour long, but my audience was only watching Instagram TV replays that were under five minutes, I'm now creating content that they're not actually consuming. So exactly. Yeah. And uh, to that point too, I did this exact similar thing. Um, in 2020, I noticed when Instagram was changing, there was a point in 2020 where we saw like Instagram is updating everything for the pandemic. Yeah. And then you just saw like the way people were using the platform was very different. It was no longer very brand photos. You started seeing more educational posts. You started seeing, you know, all these different things. And I asked my audience on stories. I said, look, a lot of my content where I give my tips, I usually share in stories, but do you want to see that in the feed? And the majority of them were like, yes, I want to yeah. see that in the feed. And Shareable graphics and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. immediately I was like, okay, let's pivot and completely like, and you can see it. Like when you scroll my feed, you'll see that moment where it's like photo, photo, photo. And then it gets to start shareable graphics and videos. And I think I ended the year with like close to 60 videos 
that, and I was so nervous about doing video content just yeah. because it, it was very foreign to me, but most definitely ask your audience. Yeah. And, and I asked them a, a question box too, which is funny because I don't always get the most responses to question boxes because you know, it takes more effort for people to respond. And I literally yeah. put like, this is the only question box I'm asking. Respond. <laughs> and I asked, you know, what is your favorite way that you consume my content on Instagram? Every single person every single person, and I got a lot of responses, more than usual, said stories, 100%. And so that told me like, all right, you know, if I feel like I'm slacking on a post or whatever, as long as I'm consistently showing up on stories, I know my audience is there and that's where they're coming. And the people who are really paying attention are paying attention because of my stories. And I kind of already knew that, but again, getting really in touch with my audience and straight up asking them and getting their responses was so important to really validate if and where I needed to pivot on the app uh, in particular and also just in general with my content. But I highly recommend doing that. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about Reels specifically because this is a relatively new feature. You know, there are a lot of rumors going around that it is being pushed more aggressively by Instagram. So you definitely want to capitalize on that. I know myself, I got on TikTok towards the beginning of the pandemic and I love it. I think that it's a really good algorithm <laughs> and I think it's really great to create content on there. And so what I've done is kind of like create on TikTok and then post on Reels. Um, I have a lot of questions about Reels, but my first one is, have you noticed a difference in repurposing content? Because I feel like when Reels first started, it was a lot easier to just plug the TikTok in and be fine with it. And now I'm noticing if there's a TikTok watermark, my views are going in the toilet. So what is your take on that? 100%. A couple of weeks ago, I believe about two weeks ago, Instagram came out and said that if your reel does have a watermark, they didn't say TikTok specifically, but they did said if your reel has a watermark of a different app, as well as if it's blurry or has too much text, they are not going to prioritize that in the algorithm. And similar to that, I got on TikTok in 2020 and you, you find yourself like the, the capabilities of, you know, reposting is very easy. You just grab, download it and grab it. And yeah. you like, I am finding specific reels um, if I create it in a native, in the native app. So I use a third-party tool called InShot to edit my videos. I just feel like the third-party tool is a lot easier to edit and yeah. I'll film the clips and then I'll edit and upload to reels. But I have seen a difference between if I'm uploading directly with the TikTok watermark or yeah. any other watermark compared to that. And it's, I think it's really interesting because the two communities are very different and yeah. studying each community, um, you find that TikTok is a lot more just more authentic. It's very like, just my husband and I, we watch TikToks almost every night and you just see that it's like real people do real things. It's not very, you know, like structured. It's very easy. Whereas like in Instagram and in reels, you do have to be a little bit more to your brand and yeah. to like the, the cohesiveness of your feed, because really that's, really the way like Instagram is, it's got to be very cohesive. Um, I have noticed my reels do perform better though than my TikToks. Me it's the too. same video. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. I do. I was talking on marketing Twitter uh, about this and someone did say, well, like, what is your exact goal on, on TikTok? And I was like, well, it's to actually funnel people to my Instagram. And they were like, that's probably why, because like, you're not really engaging with the TikTok community. You're trying to get people to your Instagram. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see like all the different reels. I do know that they are kind of wanting and pushing people to create at least three reels a week, which to some that is a lot. Um, and so what I try to do is like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I take one day out of the week to film three different, uh, three different reels. Mm -hmm. So I always film one that is very educational and kind of is just me talking to the camera. And then I film another one that's kind of like a parody and a voiceover. And then I film another one where it's a little bit more fun and entertaining and I'm pointing and I'm dancing um, and, and to have that variety. Right. But there are a lot of people that they don't want to point. They don't want to do the dancing. And that's yeah. perfectly fine. That is perfectly fine. I totally agree with you. Like my 
reels do much better on reels than they do on TikTok. So, and for anyone who is maybe a little confused, I'm sure most of you know by now, but reels is the feature in Instagram that kind of competes with TikTok. However, it's only 15 or 30 seconds. They don't have one minute like they do on TikTok, um, which does kind of mean that, you know, you can't repurpose everything that you put on TikTok for reels anyway, because your reel has to be under 30 seconds. Personally, I find it kind of hard to edit right within reels and it sounds like you do too like it's not super savvy for video creation so i love that you recommended an app to outsource it or what i've been considering doing too is if i am or if i have to create within tiktok screen recording the video before i actually post it with the watermark so i can re-upload it that way or creating within an uh, you know an outside app so there's no watermark that i and then i can just upload to both but what i think is super interesting is this idea that like even though it's the same type of content, they are actually very different platforms. And yes, some TikTok content does well on Instagram if it's just kind of like a funny thing that, you know, could easily go viral. But I noticed that a lot of um, what I post on Reels doesn't really make sense on TikTok because I'm able to add a lot more context on Instagram, not only because my audience already knows me and what I do, but also because I can add a very long caption there. Now, I'm also going to add with a caveat that I noticed that I wasn't necessarily reading long captions on reels. So maybe this is something I want to reconsider, though I'm curious your opinion on that. However, um, with TikTok, I... I was like, I have to change up my content because I'm creating content as if people already know me and as if people already know what I do and what I'm talking about, but they don't. So what works on Reels and what I get a lot of comments and traction on doesn't work on TikTok because if I'm coming up on someone's TikTok for you page and they're like, I have no clue what this person's talking about, they're not going to be incentivized to like it or comment or follow me because they need something on TikTok that sort of like grabs them in and is funny and welcomes them into the community. Where on Instagram, most of the time reels aren't, yeah, they'll, they might go viral and they might like allow people to, um, come into your page, but you're also providing more context there for them to kind of get the gist of what you're saying, which growth. So what is your take on that? 100%. I feel TikTok is definitely a lot more entertaining than educational. And I've seen it like even studying the For You page and kind of seeing what the TikTok algorithm pushes to me. I'm seeing more more content that is kind of parody and and funny. and, And I don't see like your typical um, algorithm where it is that educational content, whether it is in social media or whether it is in, you know, mental health or whatnot. And I'm not necessarily like following the people that I am seeing on TikTok. I'm literally just like scrolling through the for you page. Like there's not really, unless I see a a person that I'm like, oh my God, I really want to follow them. Then I'll click it. Whereas like with Instagram, especially like reels, the reels that are provided to me are people within my industry, or maybe it's like relevant accounts that I already have interacted with, but because I am able on reels, I'm able to click through their profile and it's a lot more in depth than just the videos, you know, like I'm seeing graphics, I'm seeing their IGTVs. And so it's, I feel like it's a TikTok and reels. Like I feel TikTok is definitely that entertaining. And I kind of think of the way Vine was. Yeah. Um, people can remember Vine. Uh, I, I know, right? <laughs> let Vine. us know. Let <laughs> us know. Tag us on Instagram and let us know if you even were on Vine. <laughs> like I think about that where, you know, I'm, I am, I'm not going to TikTok, but I think like even on the TikTok stuff, I do find myself going a little bit more to like the hacks. So like my husband and I were um, cleaning out our closet and I was going to like closet hacks or something on TikTok and seeing how people were redecorating. So I feel it's also like in a little bit of like a search engine in a way of like, how can I see what other people are doing? Totally did that for curtain bangs. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When I was getting my hair done, I'm like, I need to see how people are styling this and how it looks on them. And like, it was so funny, but I totally know what you mean. So like, it's, it's very weird because I feel like my relationship on Instagram is like, super different and I I haven't fully like taken the time to 
thoroughly plan out an, a TikTok strategy because I am just repurposing, right? I'm going to say the so same I, thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, like, and I feel, I, I know there's so many people and especially like clients, anytime a new social media platform comes out, they're like, oh my God, do I need to get on this? Or like, do I need to get on that? And I'm like, no, if your audience is not on it and yeah. you know you can't devote the time, don't even worry about it. Like, focus on where your audience is at because if you're going to get on TikTok just to get a TikTok because it's the flashy new thing, you're going to epically like leave your audience that you do serve out. Yeah. Um, so you really have to define like, okay, what are my platforms that I reach um, and really kind of have that strategy for that platform. Absolutely. Now, obviously, like we mentioned, Instagram is sort of pushing reels out because it's a newer feature. They want to see if it's working. They want to put it in people's faces and everything. But what tips do you have for growing on Instagram in general, whether it's using specific, you know, features like reels or whether it's hashtags or specific types of content, what do you think that nowadays is really the most beneficial way for you to grow your Instagram? You know, we've been through a lot, like hashtags like crazy, like unfollow, follow, like a a lot of like kind of sleazy strategies too, but what works now? Yeah. So I definitely think taking that time to engage with your audience, like thoroughly, thoughtfully comment and engage and be interactive. I try to set a schedule where I am just interacting in specific hashtags and forming actual connections for about 15 minutes throughout the day. So maybe in the morning, I'm going to take 15 minutes to go through people's stories and actually like comment and um, reply and, you know, just like thoroughly be there. I also think that um, having visuals like really great graphics or really great um, uh, shareable graphics that are able for your audience to easily share and position you as that expert. So like for the carousel, it's really great to think about like, how can you sort of educate your audience in a PowerPoint way um, that is going to help them get it's going to help them want to share your content. So like adding in shareable graphics that are going to get your brand in front of different people. Um, Definitely. I know some people um, don't like to go live, but you know, if you have uh, an, an opportunity to feature someone, that's what I love about Instagram live is now they have the two uh, factor where you can invite someone in right. to be a part of your live. And it kind of looks like this, the, the zoom screen yeah. and um, having your guests, having their audience come on to you and having that like one-on-one connection. But I thoroughly feel that like the non sleazy spammy way is thoughtful, authentic connection. And it's like replying, showing up on stories, um, being there for your community, whether that is your local community or your online community, you know, like I always make it a point to be sure that if I'm going to, uh, thoroughly engaged, it's gotta be genuine. I can't just be like, Oh, I love this. And that's it. Like, it's really like engaging with their content and getting to know them, being a part of their lives. But then also I think too, being on the other platforms does sort of help funnel. So like maybe you have to think about in your strategy, okay, I'm not going to really be on Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. but maybe Clubhouse is a funnel for my Instagram or maybe TikTok is a funnel for my Instagram. Right. And so kind of think about like these different avenues, but I, I think it's interesting to see um, what types of content do better in Instagram in terms of like the algorithm. Cause I'll have posts where it just the right hashtags. It's like the right hashtags at the right time, or I'll have stories where that algorithm, like it's catching it. Um, and it's really interesting to see that, but I think really like being on the platform and actually engaging is your best bet. Is there an algorithm with stories itself that, that works? Because I feel like it's just like some days when I have shorter stories I'll get like higher views on the first couple ones at least but Mm -hmm. on the days I have longer stories it tends to just be like my regular story viewers yeah but how does that work like do they do they and I'll also add that my impression was it's just like the people you engage with most you tend to show up at the 
top, but will they push you to the top if it's like working or engaging or anything? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I've played around where um, I'll include the, my location. So like I'll hide um, in my story, I'll put my location tab and I'll hide it in the back so that it could get on to like the San Antonio story. Mm -hmm. Or if um, there, you can use up to 10 hashtags in uh, Instagram stories. And so I'll put that, but I do notice. So for example, last week, um, Texas was in like a snowstorm, right? And all last week I paused my content. I was not sharing anything social media related I was just sharing resources and right. um, I was just sharing like what was relevant to my community. And I did see a difference where um, there was a point where everyone was talking about that. And I saw more local people show up on my stories than mm. my regular people. And I'm wondering, like, is it because when you are typing, you know, I I'm pretty sure that the story algorithm it notices, you know, what you're typing in your stories or yeah. like what what videos are you posting within those stories? Because even the day that it, that it first snowed that first time, um, I had so many high, I had a high story view and it had nothing to do with the work that I was doing. Yeah. And I saw a lot more people from San Antonio than people that I follow. So I do feel that like, in terms of that algorithm, you really have to think about like keywords. Um, I do feel that there is a point sometimes where if you don't post a specific amount and if you let the story run for like 24 hours and you come back, uh, you will have like a higher engagement. Um, it's just, it's so interesting. I feel that like once you figure it out, they change it again and you're like, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah. What is going on? And so I just feel that like for me, something that I always do is every day I try my best to talk to my audience. Mm -hmm. um, I try not to let a day go by where I'm not talking to them, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. Like if, if it is, um, I try to have like a mental health day on Sundays where I'm not really posting and it's just like me getting ready for the week. But I do my best to like be interactive and like reply back to them and make sure that they know that I see their content and that I see them and um, just trying to get that that story view up. But yeah. I really do feel that like the story algorithm compared to the feed is very different because the stories is really the people who are following you that they can actually see your content. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah. Okay. So one more thing I just wanted to add that came to mind um, in our conversation from a few minutes ago, just about like shareable graphics and like, you know, going live and stuff like that to get more people. If you're a musician and you're thinking, what do you mean shareable graphics? I'm not teaching anything. Again, if you're a coach or you're, or you're a music teacher, you're probably tracking with this. But I, that thought might have come up. You don't have to just share like teaching content. Your brand is more than just you getting on stage and performing. And so if you can share like what your pre-stage ritual looks like or you're maybe you're like really into self-care or mental health or you're spiritual and you're into astrology and you want to share like what your full moon music thing is like and you want to do it in graphic form or you want to give a quote of lyrics that are inspirational like that's the kind of stuff that can still translate over and so even though it's not um it might not be as obvious as what you see a lot of other people especially those who are like coaching or teaching or influencing or whatever on the app are doing you can still make this apply to you and so if you're feeling stuck right now I just want to challenge you to think outside of the box and not feel like whatever we're saying is not for you you need to actually think about expanding your brand if you're feeling stuck at this point to to incorporate more and engage your followers more I wholeheartedly believe that when it comes to musicians and growing as a musician, it's not about the music, which is really fucking ironic, <laughs> but like, it's literally not about the music. It is about you and your personality and what you bring to the table. So whether, and this goes for a, you as a coach too, like there's a million coaches out there. There's a million social media coaches and marketers. There's a ton of music industry people like you work with whoever you work with because of who they are. And the same goes for a musician. Yes, people are going to want to like their, your music specifically, but you have to show up and show your personality. Who are you? Are you funny? Are you sassy? Are you, you know, spiritual? Like, do you give good mental health tips? Do you cook? Do you like, what are these other aspects of your brand that you can bring in? 
I find that a lot of personal stuff, and even when I talk about my dog or just tell funny stories, I, that can definitely be related to what I'm teaching, but also just bring an element of like who I am and mm-hmm. my my unique positioning and my unique like self and personality. That always tends to do better. Do you agree that that is the case? One hundred percent. I feel having content pillars is an easier way, and so a content pillar is. Um, three to five categories where you are going to focus on your content. So maybe in the top three categories, those are your main three things, whether that is education, maybe that is something that um, you're giving a hack or a tip. And then um, the last two are a little bit more personal. And so I feel that when whenever you plan out content, you have to think about, okay, how am I going to diversify my feed? So when I think about diversifying, I think like, okay, obviously that can mean I'm going to have a real, uh, an IGTV, a graphic, but then also in my content pillar, one day I'm going to talk about a tip or one day I'm going to talk about a hack. Another day I'm, I'm going to post a photo of like my recording session and um, something I always mention this with like social media and musicians, but like take a page from Taylor Swift. Um, she is like the queen of like UGC back when like UGC. So that's user generated content. Yes. But one thing she did so perfectly was she sent Christmas gifts to her like fans mm. and they created videos from it and yeah. they posted those videos. I want to say that was like when Facebook and Twitter, like, or she had Tumblr and uh, you know, like those pieces um, really tell the story of like who the person is. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, think about like how maybe you don't want to spend X amount of time, you know, putting educational posts on your social media, but maybe you have like a cool behind the scenes journey of how you got to playing on stages or like how you played in garages and now you're on a crazy set, you know? Um, But like, also think about like, okay, personal, personal usage. Um, And it depends too, like what type of privacy do you want to share? Totally. What, what, you know, like there, my husband does really great on my feed, but I don't share everything, right? Like I just share like some of the things. And so I think too, it's like having a little bit of that personality because in the end you are human. Um, You know, like you're not just an account, you're a human being like social media is meant to be social. And so that's why, like, I feel like when you're thinking about your content pillars, you're thinking about, okay, what are my top three that like, they're the obvious and those have to deal with my brand and exactly what I'm doing but then what are the two personal ones that maybe showcase my personality or show showcase like the organizations I'm a part of and that way it kind of like blends it into like this amazing feed right and so to give the listeners an example like for mine I might have my my pillars that I talk about about like growing your audience in your community especially using social media you know launching and scaling your business that's what I talk about right as a music entrepreneur but the personal side I'm talking about Ziggy a lot my dog I'm talking about (laughs) astrology and spirituality a lot because I'm into that now and those are content pieces that are not related to what I'm teaching but they help me connect with you and they help my audience like me more and get it more and you know I always get dms when I post about Ziggy about how weird or funny or cute or disruptive he is <laughs> it's like my my cat um she's 16 years old and in 2020 she became employee of the year um, employee <laughs> of the month emotional support animal right like she's <laughs> things and every every like Catterday, I always like post photos on my stories and then anytime something happened in the business, I would always like post a photo of her or like in my stories and it helps people kind of like, oh, she's human, you know, like she's cute. And during the snowstorm last week, I had a lot of people DM me asking like, I hope you and your husband are okay, but I hope your cat is okay too. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. People are paying attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. cute. And so I feel like having that a little bit of like the personality and adding a personal element goes a long way and it makes people feel a lot more connected to you in in ways that you never thought. Totally. And the one last thing I want to add to that as well as using your example of Taylor Swift. 
I like to think about her a lot because, you know, if you go on TikTok, especially now, there's like a whole Taylor Swift talk where everyone's talking about Taylor and, you know, who did she date and did this happen? Did she actually date Harry Styles? Who are her songs on Folklore and Evermore about? Like, it's all like pulling the stories together and like, it's basically doing this like detective work, right? How did she Mm -hmm. get here though? She got here because she, when she started out, You didn't just like her music, but you related to her and you wanted to be her. Her music was storytelling and you said, I've been through this and I wonder what her life is like. She's been through this too. And you saw her up on stage or you saw her like with her boyfriends and you thought like, oh my God, I just love her hair and I love the way she dresses and I love the way she shows up and I love her quirky personality and I love her cats and I just like wish I could be her or be best friends with her. And that is what brought people in, not just the music. Yes, the music's right. part of it, but it's not just that. It's also her personality. Then she was able to grow it to this point where now she's putting Easter eggs out to her fans and, you know, letting them do the detective work and, like, being able to connect with them in that sort of way where they feel like they have a part in mm-hmm. figuring out the album creation and really getting to know the songs on an even deeper level. So I just want to put that out there, again, just to get, like, the wheels turning for anyone who's figuring out, like, how can I really connect with people? Because it's not just about what you're, what you sound like or what you're saying in your songs. It does go deeper than that. Okay. Um, okay, so before we wrap up, I just have a couple more questions for you. Just like we talked about how there's graphics going around about how many times a week you should post, I've also seen one recently where it's, like, this is a new hierarchy of like <laughs> currency on Instagram where like DMs mean the most and saves mean the second most and then blah, blah, blah. And obviously when Instagram was much more simple, it literally was just like likes and comments and that's it. Now mm-hmm. I feel like likes and comments don't actually necessarily mean as much, but do you have a take on what we should be focusing on as far as engagement? Like, should we be prompting more DMs or comments or more responses to our Instagram stories versus likes or whatever it is? Or is does it not really matter that much? So I feel that you have to sort of focus on the connection that you're making with it within your audience. So one thing that I know is when I am thoughtful in my DMs or when I encourage people in my stories to DM me, I'm noticing that they're more quicker to share my content, right? Like, because they know that I really am being genuine and I'm really, you know, like actually connecting with them. Or if I say like, leave a comment um, below and, and I'm actually engaging. I do feel that for me personally, my focus is shareable content. Like I, I want people to share my content. If they like it and they comment, that's great. But I really want people to be like, I saw this from Christina of the social butterfly gal, and then they share it to their audience. And so personally for my goals that I want for my Instagram, that's really what I want because I I noticed that immediately in times of crisis or in times of like, where people need level-headed people to share important, trustworthy information, because you have that connection, you're going to get people to be like, hey, you need to go to Social Butterfly Gal because she knows her stuff um, and it positions you as more of an expert. And so I really focus on like, again, showing up on my stories, DMing people, commenting back. Um, As a, a former social media manager, I had to respond to like thousands of comments for uh, brands that I was managing, right? Um, And it goes a long way when you actually respond back to someone and you provide that like actual human interaction. Um, And so personally for me, I just feel like I'm focusing on creating just the most high quality content that I can um, and figuring out a way to blend it into the brand so that people can share it so that they know like, hey, this this person's an expert or like you want her, you're going to trust her a lot more. So I would, I would suggest, and my biggest tip is like, focus on the connection, focus on your community and focus on creating high value content. That's going to help blend all those three together. Awesome. So my last question for you before we wrap up is, 
about the future of Instagram and social media in general. Over the last few months, we know that Instagram had a huge update where they changed places of buttons around and they added the shop feature and they also changed their terms of conditions and people were mad about it. I saw a lot of people who were frustrated, um, you know, kind of felt like the app was not listening to their customers and more just trying to make money. And then you have the development of apps like TikTok and Clubhouse that are really taking off right now. So... I think a lot of people's grief with Instagram is kind of just like talking the talk but not actually walking the walk because nobody's really getting off the app. But what do you see as far as like the honest future of where it's going? Do you think it's a dying app? Do you think there's still room for growth? And how much of our attention should we really uh, put into this versus other new, newer growing apps? I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with um, Facebook and how that affects. So at the end of 2020, the FTC kind of, you know, was talking about Facebook in a way that they might have to dismantle um, kind of the monopoly, so to speak, of what they're creating. Mm. I do feel that the future of it, um, there might be some reform there with like social media and privacy and you know just like social media and these are the conversations that I feel like we're not talking enough about like we do need to talk about the effects of like what Facebook has done to also Instagram and like how they how they feature like black creators and you know like other like how they need to make their platform a little bit more accessible to like the communities that they do serve So I do feel it's going to be very interesting to see like what happens with that. I don't feel like Instagram is dying. I feel like you saw that rise of like people showing up and being on Instagram. I do think that some of the changes that they did make um, helped a lot of people during um, as we are still in a pandemic. But I, I do feel that like a lot of changes do need to be made before anything happens because you are seeing more people like TikTok was one of the number one app that was downloaded in 2020. Um, and so I feel like two Gen Z is like going to change the game with their social media habits. Um, so I feel like it's not too late to like create a social media strategy or a strategy on Instagram. But I do feel like we do have to watch what's going to happen because I feel like there's so many factors too that need to come into play before we can say like, oh my God, Clubhouse is the new like amazing app or, you know, TikTok. We are seeing like TikTok being like really relevant and people want to be on it, talk about it. Um, But I, I, I still have hope for Instagram, I feel. I do too. Yeah, I think that like, like I said, I think a lot of people are like talking the talk, but not actually executing because there's a lot that Instagram still has to offer. And there's a lot of connection still happening there. And so I think that in my opinion, what it comes down to is really focusing on creating a genuine community and not so much of just like racking up followers who don't actually engage. But if you can build your community there and really focus on that, and you know, post the content that you like to post, I think that you're in good shape. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Christina, for coming on today. This has been amazing. I'm so Thank excited you. for everyone to share their feedback and wins after starting to implement some of the information that you shared today. Where can we connect with you further? Obviously you can connect with me on Instagram. I am at the social butterfly gal. You can also find me on Twitter. My Twitter username is Christina at SVG or at Christina SVG. I'm on Clubhouse as well as TikTok and Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, And my website is thesocialbutterflygal.net. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christina, for your time today. Of course. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Out to Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.